Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's right. You're listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast. The alternative underground, underbelly, back alley, secret society, speakeasy, dive bar style podcast about the Seattle Mariners. Hey, you know, no, uh, no, no, man, no, 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 turn it. I'm not, no, no, just cut that, cut that. I'm not feeling, I'm, I'm just not feeling the intro today. We're going to cut that off, you know, all the way off there. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling emotional. I have some opinions. So does Hannah from Edmonds. So does Chris Copacino, a.k.a. Copy. I'm talking about the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast, episode 17, that's about to come at you right now. Uh, we had an idea of a show. You know, We were doing our deep dives and doing our research. But let's be honest, our thread and uh, you know our conversations outside of the podcast have just been full of emotions, full of blame, full of, uh, you know, why me, why us again, feeling after the Mariners at the time of this recording are 10 games under 500. I was just up there for over three weeks going to games. Uh, Needless to say, they lost more of the games that I went to than they won. That's fine. Um... Yeah, it's been tough. It's been rough. And you know what? We've decided to have like our closed door, everybody in here, media out, team only discussion here on the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. So this is just us venting, bitching so that we can move ahead and we can be positive and we can, you know, get behind our team and get our emotions in check and get our, you know, get our focus back. So... Basically, this is a disclaimer of just saying like, hey, if you don't want to hear bitching and moaning, just like you've heard probably everywhere else, maybe, you know, this isn't your episode. If you want to hear us bitch and moan and uh, see what we're feeling or what we're thinking or what we're spiraling about, then this is your episode here, episode 17. Also want to thank people that have been listening from the beginning and any of our new listeners for liking, subscribing, And, you know, sharing our message, you know, on the social medias, that really helps. That really helps us, uh, you know, get some of these numbers up. That helps us, uh, you know, be able to get more episodes out to you. Again, if you haven't liked, subscribed, or rated, or reviewed the show, go ahead and do that. Anyways, I'm going to shut the hell up and get out of the way. This is episode 17 of the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Well, I'm, you know, I've, I actually went back today. I'm, I'm back. I'm back in California. I'm back in Los Angeles. I feel like I'm coming down here licking my wounds after that, uh, that trip. You know, I went to, uh, you know, over that three plus weeks I was there, I went to 11 games at T-Mobile Park. 
you want to guess what my record was? Not good. That is correct. Uh, I, Go ahead. I bet you won four games. Nope, three and eight. It was a three and eight trip. I'm currently on a five-game in-person losing streak. And if you want to, you know, even dig deeper into that, I have seen over 27, maybe even more innings, 27, 28, maybe 29 innings of scoreless baseball. The last three games that I went to last week, Minnesota, uh, game three, Anaheim game four and Anaheim game five all shut out losses. That just gives me one uh, one reality. You gotta, you gotta stop going. <laughs> I, get, I get guess you're, you're back in LA. Yeah. Don't you go? Don't you go to the Big A when they're there? Yeah, that is the bad news. I think I am going down this weekend. But the good news is I'm not going up to Oakland this this week. I thought about it, but I was thinking about maybe going on Thursday. But it's not going to happen. Um, I, I have to say this. This is the worst streak of offense I have ever seen in the Mariners or been around that I can remember. And by, you know... You know, by comparison, this team is nowhere as bad as some of the teams that they put out there on the field. Um, I think. I don't know. What do you guys think? What's going on? You know, today's episode, uh, like we talked about, or this discussion, this is not going to be a sugar-coated, hey, let's see how we fix it. This is a closed door. What don't we like that's going on? So what do you, what is this? Give me something. Hello, you first. Um. I mean, I don't like them not scoring runs, Captain Obvious here, but uh, it isn't really all that surprising to me either. I mean, uh, like earlier on when we talked, Myron, I thought the bullpen would, you know, take a step back. Pitching we were favorable with. We've had outstanding pitching, but I also think that last year played into this as well. I thought um, management, fans, all thought that last year was a great year, which it was, but it was a little bit of smoke and mirrors. And coming into the year, Myron, I told you that, uh, you know, you were really high on them, thinking that we could win the same amount of games we did last year. I just didn't see it. I knew we had a better team on paper, but I just thought last year was such a playing above your baseball card average compared to what would happen this year. And it's frustrating. It uh, it's frustrating that the the payroll is twenty second in Major League Baseball. It's frustrating that the Mariners are making money hand over fist off the concessions, the TV deal, the ticketing, and you know, I'll always roll with the M's, but it's it's a low point. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I I agree with everything you said. I mean, I think that you know, coming into this year, yeah, everything everything in life is a function of expectation, right? Let's just start there. Everything in life is a function of expectation, and I think then, you know, you you kind of were, were able to expect or uh, lull yourself into expecting that they the baseline uh, for them was last year, and they're going to go up from there. But you bring up a great point in the one run games. And in the, the bullpen's performance and all those other things, uh, 
And so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, you know, obviously the, the boo birds are out, the, the knives are out, uh, among Mariners fans and they're not happy, nor should they be. It was, it's been a pathetic, uh, performance. And, um, you know, I think what makes it so frustrating is that the pitching has been really good. I mean, the fact that you look at the ERA, the start, you know, starting pitchers ERA are just, or keen ERA over the last 10 games. And the fact that you're, you know, that, 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 that you, you know, you, you've lost a ton of those is brutal, you know? And, um, I don't know what it is. I mean, I think, you know, it was funny. I, I was thinking about this. I was at the game yesterday and I remember in about 2002, maybe 2003 when they started to get bad and they had a real bad offense and they were in their trouble scoring runs and they went through a stretch like this. I remember I was, I was in the, in the, at the, uh, at the ballpark out in the concourse and knee house, I remember, you know, it was like, you know, and that'll do it here in the sixth. And he just lost his mind. He goes, just a paucity of runs. And that's what I felt like. It's just brutal. And, um, you know, but to your point, Hanno, and I think you're exactly right, what do you kind of expect? Like, when you look at that lineup they rolled out there on Sunday, you know, and I, we've joked about when I had the, the freak out, uh, you know, way back when, when Adam Kennedy was hitting yeah. cleanup for us. But, but you know, I mean, I, I love, would take Adam Kennedy hitting fifth <laughs> over Dylan Moore. <laughs> so. Well, and I, you know, I mean, we 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 all love J.P. Crawford. He cannot be hitting cleanup in your lineup. No, he he's a, he's your leadoff he hitter. He's your leadoff hitter or end of the lineup. Just right. to turn the guy that turns over your lineup. He's not the cleanup hitter. Dylan Moore, not a five hitter. Okay, not not, not an everyday player. No. No, I was at a barbecue, a graduation barbecue over the weekend. And this is still when the Mariners were, you know, this was the, sorry, this was when we had one good day of offense last week, the game that we scored eight runs. Uh, somebody leaned over to me when we were watching the game and goes, and Dylan Moore was up to plate and he goes, Dylan Moore, he goes, that's a triple A player if I've ever seen one. You know, and I just started to laugh, like painfully laugh. And that's, I'm sorry that we're knocking on Dylan Moore. This is not his fault. Um, Dylan Moore is pretty clutch, but yeah, he's not an everyday player. Toro, not an everyday player. That trade's also looking not very good. Uh, And I don't know if there's any turning that around. Um, You know, it's bad optics for Jerry. Uh, You know, we, we also have, you know, like players in the lineup right now that like Julio should be hitting at the end of our lineup. You know, if you're a contending team as good as Julio is and can be having him hitting three and four and all of this, that is, that's not where he's supposed to be. So there's all this added pressure on this guy to be, you know, our guy, just like, you know, you know, Kelnick had that pressure last year when we brought him up, right. You know, hit at the front of the lineup, you know, we, we just have guys. We don't have guys in the lineup that can hit in the spots that they're supposed to be hitting in. Well, and you know, I mean, you got a lot of on-base guys, right? You know, and, and Winker was supposed to be a production guy, but and we've talked about him. But he, you know, he, the one thing he does is get on base. You have some decent on-base guys. You have nobody to clean them up, and so there's no sustained offense whatsoever. It's a couple. It's a hit. It's a walk, and then it's just a buzzsaw. I know. You and know, Jerry DePoto said this the other day on the radio. He said, I don't know if you heard this, but he's like, we have all the table setters. We don't have the table clearers. Right, and right, right. For him to admit that, it's kind of like, well, let's do something about it. Yeah, you're the one who constructed this team. I mean, yeah, we had injuries, but 
even with the injuries that we've had, the guys that he has for backup plans or just backup players has been pitiful. Yeah. I, w- I will say, I will say in his defense, this lineup looks a lot different if you have a healthy Mitch Hanniger that you can pencil in right field and clean up every day. You have Kalu who is going to be healthy and be a DH, and you got a healthy uh, Kelnick. Uh, or, you know, uh, sorry, a, a healthy, uh, productive Kelnick. You know, this lineup, you know, they talked a lot about in the, in the offseason, especially around the, you know, uh, Frazier and Winker and Suarez acquisitions, you know, talking about the fact that you're going to lengthen the lineup. And, you know, there's, there really is truth to that. So when you're down in test seven and eight, you then, then you have, then you have Julio, then you have, you know, Cal Rally, Cal Rally you know, where they should be hitting. Um, you know, but 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 this lineup has absolutely done the other thing. It's contracted, and and you know Toro and Dylan Moore, fine players, but Dylan Moore is a great twenty fifth, twenty sixth man. He's not he he you know because he plays everywhere. He plays hard, plays the right way, so your base run into one every so often. But he's not he's not an everyday player. And, These are guys that you know, wouldn't be on other rosters except for ours, right, Hanno? Like right now in the season. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I. I'll push back just a little bit. I With Kyle Lewis, you knew he was hurt last year. You weren't quite sure where he was coming in the season. you got to have another plan for that. Exactly. Hanniger, he, uh, he played finally a full year last year. He hasn't played a full year in a while. And it's just, you know, when it rains at fours and th- yeah, wh- there was just no backup plan. So no. that's what's so frustrating. And the frustrating part of it is that the Mariners themselves told us making a step forward this year so that gives them no excuse already thinking about warm weather golf under sunny skies and springtime baseball then now's the time to think about a seattle mariners spring training tour spend three five or seven nights in sunny arizona and enjoy benefits only available with official mariners spring training tours including dinner and chalk talk with manager lou Panella. book your tour now with a no-risk guarantee call 1-800-8-WARM-UP for spring training with the seattle mariners call now it doesn't. Right. They put all their eggs. I agree with you, Kopi, and I agree with you, Hanno. It's like Lewis and Hanager are our centerpieces for the offense, and that's fine. When they're there, that's what they do. When they're out there, they produce. They absolutely do produce. But the thing is, they're never out there. They're not out there, and so for them to put all their eggs in that basket, you know. With these on these two isn't fair to those players. It isn't fair to the organization. It's not fair to the fans. I mean, there's got to be some other solution here. I know we can't just go and fire a GM that doesn't do anything. But as far as the you know some of the decisions being made on the field and and getting your players to respond, as much as I like Scott Service, and we've only talked about this once on here in our conversations, but I'm pretty surprised to see him. You know, getting on the plane and going to the uh, going down to Oakland to be our manager. I on, I honestly am. I mean, I'm I'm glad yeah. he's still there. But I was I was pretty uh, I was pretty dead set on that. I would see something today about him. Uh, you know, being possibly let go because there's two other teams in this league that have gotten rid of their managers that I know of, and we've actually tangled you know tangled with them already this year. And these teams are. Are have and both of these teams have bounced back from whatever their big lows were. Uh, Anaheim, fourteen games that they lost. They fired Joe Madden. Joe Madden, 
a constant playoff coach, been to the World Series, um, and you look at that lineup, they've 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 steadied the ship. I mean, we're what a handful of games behind them. And then you go over and you look at Philly, they fired Joe Girardi. You know, and look what they've done since then under the, you know, interim manager. They, I think they're one of the hottest teams in the National League. Guess what? Both of these teams are in way better positions than we are right now. So I was pretty surprised not to see something. Yeah, I mean, I, I get all that. I think it's a real kind of easy thing to do that, you, you know, you, you sputter out, you hit rock bottom in a season, and just go look fire the manager. And in some, some cases that works, right? And, you know... Obviously, Madden in uh, L.A. Why I was welcome, doing things kind of his own way, and obviously with that talent, uh, you know, when you when you can write Trout and Otani back to back in the lineup every day, and you're still not winning, that you know the light's going to shine on you. Similarly with Girardi, light's going to shine on you. I, I think there's def- you know there's a there's a recognition that there's really no bullets you know to be able to to, to fire anymore. Um, there, there's, there's, you know, service is filling out this lineup card, and he is, you know, throwing every last piece of, of junk at it he can. He just, he literally doesn't have the horses, and that's not, that's not, you know, I, I understand Paul people, and I understand when hitting coaches get axed or pitching coaches get axed or whatever, but you know, at some point, you can't take the step back, even though this feels like a big step back as a season, you can't take the step back, start anew with a new manager with this, with, with this young of a group. Um, you know, when it, when it's obvious that, that he just doesn't have the horses to run with. And I, and I think that's, that's apparent. I, 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 I understand the, you know, the want, the, the wanting to fire him, but I, I think, you know, where Hannah went with, you know, if we're going to play the blame game, you know, going towards, uh, Jerry and this this razor thin roster that he was that he constructed. Sure. Now you can go to the, the organization too and talk about payroll and all those. And those are all fair conversations. But the the reality is they bet they were razor thin. They bet big. They were razor thin, and it's gone absolutely south. And you know it, you don't see it getting better anytime soon because they flat out can't hit. They're you know they're bottom third in every category uh, beyond. Uh, on base uh, in the major league. It's brutal. Yeah, and I agree with everything you guys have said throughout this whole conversation, you know, and there's a lot of different ways to look at it and add things to. But getting back to Scott's service, I mean, he was in the running for manager of the year last year. Sure, sure. Was pulling, was, was pulling all the right strings. Yep. Um, players seemed to really like him. Uh, I heard, I read that they had a players and coaches meeting yesterday. And who knows what we'll get out of that. But I, my, my point is is that if they continue to slide like this, mm-hmm. Scott needs to be on the hot seat. He does because – and I like Scott's service. I like the way he is. But Same many, here. I do too. How many years has he been here? He's been here. He was here at, through the Cano cruise, you know, you know, collapse of 2018. Okay, we've let him off the hook for that. Okay, we've let him off the hook for that. 2019 was a huge, you know, plunge it up kind of year. Keep him as a part of this team, a part of this organization. 2020, tough year. Good, yeah, he did come back last year. And, yeah, he probably could have got manager of the year if we could have just pulled out a, you know, a division win. He did a lot. He did a lot, yes, with a razor front 
thin with a razor thin lineup and you know he had a really really good bullpen and a lot of his moves a lot of his uh, rolls of the dice that he was allowed to have last year you know turned out into his favor but also there has to be something said about like getting somebody in there either on the bench or someone down in that dugout in that locker room that is motivating these players so that we can see them go well they're up to this point in their career they were you know this player x y and z you know using winker and frazier and some of these other players that aren't developing the way they are what's the answer to that who is there going to be somebody to do that it's either that or you know what some personnel changes. I don't think that you know the dogs you have in there right now are gonna are, are gonna win you this race. Yeah, where, do you, where do you turn to? You know, who do you bring up? You know, who you know you 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 just have Kellen ready. You bring him back up. You know, like no, there's no shot. The there's no no exactly. There's no shot in the arm that they can take right now. He really hasn't had a great lineup to uh, roster to work with. And you know, is he the right guy? I mean, you got you better hope the hell he's the right guy. You know, and, and Jerry, too, I mean, you, you got to see this out. And I know it's hard, and I know everyone wants to hit the eject button. I get it. But, like, at some point, you better – you you kind of got to decide if this is it or not because what are you going to do? Are you going to start over? I mean, you're not going to bring in – I don't feel a, like getting a, a new high, manager. High manager at this point. I don't feel like hiring a new manager is starting over at all. I don't feel like no. it's not in baseball. Baseball's not this isn't like coming in and changing a whole offense or defensive scheme in football or in basketball. This is the, the we're going to play transition, we're going to play we're going to play back to the basket or this is how we're going to press. Baseball is pretty much, you know, you fill out the lineup, you play the numbers or you play from the gut, you make, you know, just you know, game time decisions, sure. But I don't feel like somebody comes in and changes the entire philosophy. So if that's the case, if you're if you're arguing that's just like, oh, we start all over, then what's what's the difference in Anaheim and Philadelphia? You know? You, I'm not saying bring in somebody from the outside, but maybe there's somebody on our bench or in our clubhouse that that can or in our organization that can, you know, get this message across. And I know it's not just on the coaches. And, and the managers, obviously. But, like, they can't go out there and make these swings. They can't go out there and be disciplined. They can only try to get them to do that. But I don't feel like getting rid of or making a managerial change is, is, is changing everything. Do you? Really? I mean, what it does is it shakes up the team. But hopefully, like I said, with this meeting and the Mariners knowing that they kicked all these games at home after coming home on a good road trip, we're going to see a, a – a difference, maybe not in wins and losses, but how the team reacts, plays, hustles. Maybe Scott Service changes up a few things, tries to hit and run more or something. We need to change something, you know? I, I don't think firing Scott right now is, is, a, is the right move. It feels like panic and scapegoat to me. From pure fundamentals, watching this team hit with runners in scoring position, runners on base, is brutal. Just absolutely brutal. And I, I almost lost it yesterday at the game because, you know, I was – complaining to my dad about this and right as we're doing that you know matt stassi comes up and hits a rocket in the right in the right center field gap and, and you know picks up a picks up a, an rbi and you know you hear scott talk about it hey we gotta we gotta think back up the middle the other way especially with runners in scoring position but the execution is just brutal i mean you know how many pop-ups how many swings and misses 
how many how many weak contact rollover ground balls are we going to see with runners in scoring position? Right. And at the end of the day, that's a that's that is a fundamental approach thing. So you know, it's 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 in vogue to to want to hire a new offensive coordinator when their football team sucks. But like, I actually do think it's there's something about hitting approach with this team, and the fact that they just can they they're trying to all hit five run home runs, and and this idea of just staying up the middle the other way and, and just focus on hitting the ball is, hard. Who is our hitting coach? Who is our hitting coach? We have, the problem is we have two of them. That's what's so frustrating. A hitting coach and a hitting uh, co- coordinator. Or okay, yeah. I, I, I'm, looking at, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Tony Americk is our hitting coach. He's number 57. He's a white guy who kind of has a salt and pepper kind of beard. Looks like he's in his yeah. 40s. Uh, and the other one that you're talking about, Hannah, is Jarrett DeHart. He's this is numbers 44. They got to update that unless him and Julio are sharing a jersey. Um, he's the hitting coach and director of hitting strategy. Okay, so this is the guy that needs to go. Because this strategy, just that the word strategy is next to his title. If if we have to fire somebody, are you okay with hire, firing the hitting coach and director of hitting strategy? Or would you rather <laughs> fire the hitting coach? You got to fire one. Who are you firing? I'm just for the sake of what I'd say, the strategy guy. But getting back to it, Myron, I'm with service. I'm not in favor of firing him either yet. But if things continue to go down the road, something needs to be done. It starts with the players. It can start with service talking to Winker, saying, "Dude, you're letting talk shots come right down the pipe. Swing the bat and quit arguing with the umps. Let's go." You know, nice. you know, Lupinello right. and let that slide. You know, so let's fire these guys up. I don't know what it is, Dr. Benella. My life just isn't going the way I planned it. Every time I turn a corner, there's some sort yeah. of... Yeah, whine, whine, whine. I've had it with your excuses. Yeah. You're acting like a loser. But you I... want therapy? Yeah. I'll give you therapy. Get off your duff. Get out of here and make something happen. Do I make myself clear? Aren't you glad he decided to manage the Mariners instead? Next. Benella has erupted. He's gone out to home play. Covering home Call for season there. tickets. Yeah, and, and, and uh, Hanson and I have talked about this, but Winker's like, uh, what is it? His launch angle is it's 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 not in a line drive form like it, it was, right, last year? It's, yeah, it's, according to Jack Cass, he was at 10% last year. This year he's up to 17% with his swing, swing and trying to launch it. So that, I mean... I feel for the guy. I'm sure he wants to come over, do good like anybody would, and he's struggling, so he's frustrated. So, I, I like I said, I feel for him. But sometimes I wonder if this is a Mariner, Mariner um, curse. Yeah, that too. <laughs> but a Mariner, a Mariner um, strategy to take pitches, control the zone. And all that. I mean, I don't know what they're teaching these guys. They might be, you know. They, I can see that. We gotta, we gotta take pictures, get the pitch count up on these guys. Blah 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 blah. Only Jarrett DeHart. Like, only Jarrett DeHart knows what this. The current hitting coach and director of hitting strategy. Because I don't know what this is. No, I don't either. And speaking of you know, O2 with uh, Julio, I saw that he was one for his last thirty on an O2 count. So. That's not good for him either, but it's not good for any player. That's the biggest hole you can be in and in a bat. 
And don't get me wrong. I do love that strategy of like, let's get as many pitches as we can out of a starter. Let's try to get in their bullpen or let's weaken them down. So I'm not a person that's like, just hack at anything. My thing is with two strikes, there's way too much of the leaving the bat on the shoulder, looking too much for the walk. You know, look at what Dever, look what Devers did against us in Boston. Perfect example. Hit a ball for a home run. No, yeah, you can hit a ball. If you go with the pitch, that's kind of what happens. And guess what? (laughs) Then you don't have anybody to turn around and argue with. And guess what? When they have the computer robot oops doing it, they're still going to turn around and and argue. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm sorry, Martin, continue. No, you go. No, I was going to say, and with the way things are going, everything is magnetized, you know, and or magnified, excuse me, um, where everything, we're nitpicking everything, all the rest of the fans are, because we came home off that road trip doing well, and we just stunk at home. It's a killer. Yeah, I yeah. stayed. I stayed an extra week in Seattle because I was that enthused from what we saw in Houston. Like I said, the Red Sox were coming. The Red Sox were coming. I was ready for people just to be like opening up their doors and marching down to T-Mobile and we were going to take care of business. And this was going to be the big turn, you know, after the the big series with Houston here and that road trip combined. We were, you know, what, five games below 500 with some teams coming in that we thought we were going to be able to handle and a few teams here going on the road you know, it it didn't turn out that way. And that's why we're here, you know, bitching and moaning this entire episode. And it's okay. It's fine. We're getting it out of our system. Like I said, this is our closed door meeting, closed door uh, locker room meeting uh, episode right here. Ladies and gentlemen, a very funny man. Please welcome from Seattle, Jay Buner. Here's one for you. Horse walks into a bar. Bartender says, hey, why the long face? Here's one for you. Aren't you glad he decided to play right field for the Mariners instead? Gosh, as you were talking about uh, Jesse Winker and some of the advanced stats, I I pulled uh, Baseball Savannah up, which is a great site. And just looked at some of these things, and, and, and this is not going to be Urshan for anyone who has an internet connection, but Jesus Christ is a brutal. When you look at, I mean, yeah, launch angle, he's, you know, seven, seven, uh, 7% higher this year, um, you know, but the one that, that just jumped out at me, I mean, he's hitting the, you know, he started to hit the ball hard, and now he's stopped doing that, right? But, right. I mean, his, his barrel rate is basically a half of what it was last year. You know, 11.2 last year, 6.5, and then in 20, his barrel weight was 13 and a half. And so, you know, so he's down, you know, he's half of 20, just two years removed. He's just not, he's just not barreling up. His walk rate is, you know, in one of the highest in baseball. It's in the 98th percentile. But the, the, just the, the ability to not square the pitches up is, you know, and you were expecting him, you were, you were expecting him to be a production guy. He wasn't supposed to be a table setter. He was supposed to be, okay, we've got a couple guys on, he's going to hit a ball in the gap, let's run a little bit. And 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 so he's just emblematic of, of the entire thing. But also the entire thing of, of swinging too hard, not a good approach, 
you know, trying to trying to trying to trying to lift the ball, trying to hit the six. Trying run every back. position you in know? the fucking lineup. I don't know how many positions he's hit in the lineup. <laughs> like he's just like every one of them's just not working. I kind of like him down towards the end of the end of the lineup because that's what he has, you know, played himself into. But our, yes, our lineup is so razor thin that we got to have a leadoff hitter that almost hits two hundred. The other day, they I went to the game. They had him at third. I mean, what other team in the league? Has somebody hitting third that doesn't that's hitting two ten two fifteen? Maybe if they have like thirty jacks or twenty jacks by sorry twenty jacks by now and like around fifty RBIs, but we don't have that. And this isn't all Winkers' fault, okay? This aren't the, the no, the, it's the, not the Seattle Winkers, okay? Do I think they should discontinue <laughs> the Electric Factory shirt for now, especially with him on it? Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, I don't even know if they're selling anymore. But the thing I want to say about Winker, and I was hearing Ryan Roland Smith talk about this on 710, not when they were doing the broadcast of the show. They're like, yeah, you could talk about all the hard ball. No, I'm not going to do my uh, Aussie impression right now. Um, but I was listening to 710, and uh, Ryan Roland Smith was on there, and he was ex- saying something in, about Winker and, you know, you know, the hard year he's been having and the bad luck he's been into. And, yes, they're talking about, yeah, he hits the ball hard. And, yeah, he did have these uh, hard hit rates just like you were talking about, Kobe. And you might hit this ball hard. And, you know, we can talk about that until the cows come home. But if you don't have any of those granddad stats to go along with it, it doesn't really matter. We need to, like he said, some of these granddad stats, the home runs, the RBIs, the scored runs, the all of these things – you know, the big slugging percentage that we've seemed to just kind of like not worry so much about with these other stats that maybe we don't even know how they're calculated, you know, all the time. But we're a normal person outside of, you know, a baseball statistics person. But we're not seeing those things with these hard hit balls. And that's what's crazy. And that needs to change. But I will say this about Winker. I was out in the bullpen the other day. He was really, really, really getting rode hard by some of the people out there to the point where I started to really feel that human part of it that sucks. He looked over. I took both my hands and I made some Wu-Tang W's. He saw it. He nodded his head. I nodded my head. And here's what I am promising right now here on the show. This is the last time you're going to hear me complain and bitch about Winker, if I can help it. But I'm really going to do a 180 here, and I'm going to try to look into the positives of what he's doing or what he can do or what he's capable of, and maybe that will help him change because I, I don't know what how to how to fix this dude other than just Kobe. doing a 180. Kobe, I'll take five on it that says that won't happen. Do you want five bucks then it will happen? <laughs> I'll, just, I'll take I'll take the action. That's gonna be hard for you, Myron. Listen, I'll, okay, okay. Let's just be realistic. I'm any Winker segment that comes up here on the show for at least the next thirty days. I'm just gonna step away from it. What I am now saying now on the thirty days. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna be realistic. I'm gonna back down. I'm gonna be realistic. But here's the deal. I did feel bad for him. I threw him the dubs. We had a moment. Maybe he was looking at somebody else, but I'm pretty sure he's looking at me. All right, who else? I, are, who else are we pissed off about? Who else do you? Who else? Are... I have a little project. Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand name power tools for his latest project. 
And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, for once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat. It's a light bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything. Who else are you bringing into the office right now and just being like, come on, man? Go ahead, Bruce. Well, I don't, I mean, like, that's the thing. I mean, Wicker's the biggest one, but, like, I don't expect a lot from, from Toro. Quite a, I mean, you know, I'd like him to hit better, and, and I don't like him from the right side. I like him better from the left side, and that's, that's one. But I don't expect him to carry a team, nor do I expect Dylan Moore to carry a team. But you, you start to roll the, you, you start to put those guys back to back, and you just get, you just get, you know, they, they, they truly become the sum of their parts, which is not, which is not great. Okay, well, I got somebody um, we can bring in the uh, office right now. I, I, I would like to, I'd like to have, you know, the, what I will say maybe to get this rolling is, I don't understand not having Frazier in the lineup more. I, well, I, that's I, the I, guy I, I, I would love to have come sit down right now in our hot seat. Okay, let's, have a let's 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 bring Adam Frazier in and let's talk to <laughs> him. Let me, let me let me do Adam Frazier real quick. Uh, you want to you want to see me skip? Yep, I I I do want to see you. First of all, I just want to say, listen, I wish you were the guy that was on the Pittsburgh Pirates. I know you kind of turned into this other guy a little bit, but still pretty good last year on San Diego towards the end. You know, you hit 264, which is, you know, actually, yeah, you hit about, actually last year, let me just pull this up. Last year, you started to wean off a little bit after you are traded. You know, you are hitting 324 to start the year, and, uh, you know, you only hit 267 down in San Diego, which, you know, would obviously be maybe the second or third best average on this team. That's the guy I just want to see. I don't need to see the 324. I don't need to see that guy. What, who I need to see is this guy hitting 267. I also want to see you in the lineup more often. But if you're just going to keep grounding the ball and hitting it at people, I don't know what to do. I mean, I'd like to say, I, yeah. And so, and then, then he, he's, he gets defensive and, he's, and he starts talking. But uh, I, uh, I felt like he started to hit the ball harder. I mean, he's starting to hit it at people. I, I guess, I, I guess what I, I don't understand running Toro out there every day and, and why you wouldn't put Frazier in the lineup almost every day. I mean, and again, like, that's not going to be maybe a huge upgrade. I just don't understand why I need to see Toro every day. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting that. I don't either. Especially, especially at second base. That's got to be a front office thing that, like, Hanno's always saying that the, the the big computer has to put Toro in. Right, Hanno? Yeah, I agree. Um, and um, he's played every game in the nation. Um, and that, it all comes back to me with the big computer, like you said, but also the biggest thing is it's on the players, but it's also on the roster construction by the GM, DePoto, you know, how could you think that, sure, we've had injuries, so he's had to play, but him and Torrance and many other guys that um, have had to step in, we just, we put our eggs all in one basket, Kelnick in the beginning of the year, you know, he only had one good month, you know, Julio, you never even knew you were going to get out of him, luckily he's been good, so just to flip a coin and think these guys are all going to do the same what they did last year, even with not much of a resume, I just I find it hard to take. Yeah, I mean, 
Frazier is a 276 career hitter. You know, he hit, he hit, you know, 305, you know, all of last year, but he actually has only hit over 300 once or twice, depending on uh, if you want to. In 2016, he didn't have as many games logged in, but he's still a 276 hitter. Um, you know, he's not striking out a lot. He is putting the ball into play. Uh, it would be kind of, I wish with him, actually, you could see a little bit more of pitch selection. You know, maybe some more walks out of this guy. He can run. Um, again, he's one of these guys we've bounced around the lineup in different spots that you. I would, again, just love for them to, like, have yeah, we obviously need some depth, but just having some of these guys like just get into a position in the lineup that hey, you're usually hitting here. It's not hard to do. I mean, that's how teams used to play. I know now it's like again, let's play the numbers and the odds and let's move everybody around. But that doesn't work unless you're just an, an outstanding hitter, just a plug and play player, right? I mean, it's, so you're so so you're frustrated by service switching guys up and down the lineup every game instead of having a consistent lineup. That's what you're saying, yeah, right? and I'm not saying every single day, but, it, 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 you know, I can still tell you what the, you know, 1997 Mariners lineup was or the 2001 lineup. You know, these are our better, but these are the good teams, right? The 95 team. It, it, it would change here or there, but for the most part, you know who was hitting two, three, four, five, six, right? Yeah, and, 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 you know, and this is this idea that the service is just grasping at straws trying to find a solution that works and trying to jumpstart people and trying to, you know, because, I mean, you know, this is this is the catch-22 of, of a manager of a shitty baseball team, but, you know, if he was running the same lineup out there every day, we'd be like, shake it up, try to find it, you know, hey, maybe you'll catch lightning in a bottle. So, you know, you've seen this before with managers absolutely just trying to find um, something that works and you know the reality is um, you know you, you see him trying to grind on it like you know there's a reason they have Winker hitting leadoff is because he's going to try to get on base and the, the reason they have France hitting second is because he's getting an extra bat and he's the biggest production guy you know there's there's kind of this scientific reason for where everyone's hitting after you know one through probably five or six and then it's just you know dog shit um, but it's not but, working it's not, it's not working. working. Well, it's not, not working. well, and the, and then to come full circle, then so then so is that really the manager's fault? And and can you know you know I I, I really get a sense uh, that the players in that clubhouse like playing for Scott, and so and and they feel like they that he has their back, and you know he's the right combination of kind of you know arm around the shoulder and kicking the ass kind of guy, and so you know if you go and just hack him. Uh, you know, and and bang him like does, you know, what, what does that what, what does that do to your clubhouse to say, you know, so it's that that's the frustrating thing about this right now that they don't have they don't have uh, more cards to play. They've kind of played them, and unfortunately, this team is not as bad as they've played the last uh, week. But they are uh, getting into a play where place where it's getting, you know, it's getting late early, and the reality is this team basically has to play 500 baseball, probably a little over 500 baseball for the next month until they can try to get some of healthy 
and then and then play you know 650 baseball the rest of the way to try to have a to try to even have a chance and that that might be a pipe dream at, at this point they might have played themselves you know place where there's no coming back from but to think that all of a sudden these guys in the lineup every day under this 25 or 26 man roster is just going to you know turn it around I think is is really hard because they just it's clear that they just don't have the horses to run with. Yeah, they don't. And we're getting into that part of the season where if we're having this discussion and we're still 10 games, you know, under 500 a month from now, you'd got to think that this team would be a seller's team at the, at the trade deadline. I think so. I don't think you touch any of the young pitching, but, but you know, if Hannah can come back and prove he's healthy, you might think about it. Um, but again, you know, this is, this is the thing of everything's a function of expectation. We expected, I expected, I won't project, but a lot of us projected and expected this team to just exactly pick up where they did last time or last year. And they were right on the verge of contending. So we said, well, of course they're going to be right on the verge of contending. They were last year. All that said, you have to remember that this is still, and this is going to be me being a Mariners apologist. Uh, they're is. still on the very front end of their window, and and everything had to go exactly right for them to probably compete this year. In, in hindsight, and and it didn't. And actually, a lot of things went bad. And then they they just they they're bringing a butter knife, you know, to to an, to to a gunfight, and they just they can't they can't get there. Well, the rotational DH thing has not worked. It didn't work last year. No. It didn't work this year. It didn't work in twenty twenty. It's mind-boggling to me that they didn't they didn't just excuse me it's mind-boggling to me that they just didn't do something like you know of course was for me my big dream would to have Cruz back in here because I loved him so much and he was so beloved and he hit good here right and yes he started off a little bit slow this season it looked like you know it was going to go in that direction and he's turned it around he's on a Washington team that's not going to catch the Mets, not going to contend for a wild card. Is it too late or is it, is it too late to go out and just look for those types of solutions of just being like, can we just go get a hitter from somebody that wants to get out of a contract or somebody that just wants to leave without giving up too much? Is there anything out there? And do you think that's going to help us or would that be a help? I mean, Hannah, what do you think? Um, you know, like Nelson Cruz, what is he, a one-year deal, Myron? Yeah, I believe so. So, yeah, let's say we trade something to get him back, you know, no one high off our farm system or whatever. Yeah, it'll help. I mean, we have, I heard some of the guys who go like 57 and 37 the rest of the year just to get to 85 wins. And, um, you know, but it comes back is why couldn't we pick this? these type of players up or thought ahead and spent some more money earlier. And I don't, I'm not one who, who thinks that you have to spend money to be a winner. You know, there's a lot of players that make a lot of money that the Mariners were actually looking at in this last off season who have been stinking just like the rest of the players on this team. So, but it's frustrating though, that we make so much money for the ownership group does. And we're 22nd in baseball and, um, payroll so yeah. as far as trades i like i said mine you know you remember you and i talked about it a lot i was always like i hope we're around 500 come the uh 
trading line deadline. So we would be definite buyers, you know, I don't, I don't know. I guess you could be buyers on a losing team to try to show your fans that you're still trying, but it's, it's just a weird dynamic and a weird year. Like you said, with injuries, expectations, everything, it's just so frustrating after 22 years of the history 20 or whatever it is. It's a lot. And I'm still, you know, holding out hope that they can turn it around. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the Kingdom Shuttle. A special Metro Transit Shuttle that runs in addition to regular bus service for all major Kingdom events. It lets you park far away from the crowds and still ride right up to the Kingdom. Look, we're we're getting close to an hour here, and I just want to do this to close this out. Like I said, this, I, I'll put this in the intro. This is not going to be a fun episode. We're in here. We're construct. We're getting. We're getting irritated. The next episode, we'll get back to some of our fun little side things. But we're just very irritated of what we're seeing. Frustration, irritations, all of those things. That it needed to be itched. So I'm just going to go down the lineup. Just quickly say shit list or not shit list. We're going to find out who's on our shit list and who's not on the active roster right now. You guys ready? Yes. Ryan Baraki, left-handed pitcher. N.A. N.A. I would say N.A. That's a real real fair answer. It's a real fair answer. Diego Castillo. Uh, I'm 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 buying what he's selling right now. He's been, he's been real too. good lately. He, he's not on my shit list. He, you know, he got beat by Trout. You know, he, he should have had the ball up. I don't know. We threw, you know, we didn't break down this yet, but I think Trout outscored the Mariners uh, in this last yeah. series. So no. And why they pitched? Why why they pitched him? Yeah, uh, uh, on Saturday, I'll never understand. But that's the, the bartender day. out and Edgar said that we should have a walk Trout T-shirt night, and I thought that was a great idea. Um, and it, okay, Chris Flexen, honor roll. Yeah, yeah. Not on the list. Logan Gilbert, I'm voting for him for the All Star game. Anybody? And outside for Cy Young, he's been real good. Yep. Ken Giles, NA. <laughs> Marco Gonzalez, been pretty good. Yep. Can't get him any runs. His record's terrible. That's not his fault. Uh, George Kirby. Yeah, I mean, you know. He's impressed him for a young guy. I mean, he can't be on the shit list yet. Nope. Tommy yeah, I mean, Tommy nope. Malone. N.A. N.A. Here's an interesting one. Andres Munoz. Over his last couple outings, I think he's been a lot better. You know, he's thrown the fastball a lot more. I mean, he throws 100 miles an hour. and We talked about it. You know, when he throws, when he starts... Everything keyed off the fastball. When you shut that fastball, you throw first strike and throw 100 miles an hour. Then you have the back to your head. That slider becomes a lot more enticing, and guys are out on their front foot. And if you can locate it anywhere close to the strike zone, you're in a really good place. But I think he got very slider happy for a while. So I'm glad he's going back to the fastball. So I he's not on the shit list based on his last three outings. Hannah? Yeah, I got to agree with that. Once he learns how to locate, like Kopi said, he's going to be dominant. Let's hope he gets there. 
Okay, moving on to Penn Murphy. Good, good pickup, good player. Yeah, this, you know, Jerry has a way of finding some scrap heap relievers like you know Seawald making him something. I think he's turning into something like that. Robbie Ray. The last two outings were pretty good. Last two outings would get him off of a shit list, but he's definitely was on it, right? Like he might be like, "We just let you off the shit list, but you're on a probational period." Is kind of how I feel. Yeah, he had one. In, he had one inning per game shit list. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. But, but that like still I goes on the back of your card. Still, you know, those those still go on the scoreboard. <laughs> so. And he still he still gets he still gets to the sixth inning. So I mean, yeah, I mean, like maybe. You know. He's off the list and we hope he off stays the there. Now. Okay, okay. Paul Seawald. Hasn't been as good as last year, but he's still been fine. He's not on my show list. Um yeah, he's teetering on going on. What is he giving up? Three home runs in his last four outings, Myron? Yes, he has. I wanna say yes. he's a person to watch off the shit list. Honestly, he again, like we've talked about, he takes on the baddest motherfuckers the game has to offer. He does that. And I, that. I do think he's overused. So I'm gonna give him a pass. Yep. And then right. our last Good pitcher call. right here, Eric Swanson, I guess I'd have to say N A. He's been pretty good. Yeah, he's, he was good, got hurt, and just came back. Yeah, NAL, I'll say that. Or he's not on it. All right, well, here we go. Get 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 your wipes out. Wipe, get your wipes out, because I think it's going to get pretty shitty here. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, we're going to start here. Like, like, look, right there, out of the pitchers, you guys, we got nobody on the shit list. We've had some. They've been re- removed from the shit list, a couple of NAs, and... Pretty positive, right? I mean, that I mean, to be expected. We haven't really bitched about the pitching at all on this year, except for like, hey, yeah, we want one of our, you know, big signings to turn it around, which he looks like he has in the last two outings, and minus uh, an inning here or there. Okay, Cal Raleigh. He's off my shit list. He's he's. I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah, barely. I mean, he's 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 regressed a little bit, but you know, he's continuing to learn how to hit, and uh, so he's on the show list. I'll give you a guy who. Oh, go ahead. No, it's cool. I was just gonna say he's young. They've given him some rope, and he's improved. So happy for the guy. Luis Torrens. Shit list. Shit list. Yeah. No home list. runs. No power. Yeah, and I mean, what does he do? I yeah, I don't know. Catches shittily and doesn't hit left-handed pitching like he's supposed to. Shit list. JP Crawford obviously not on the shit list. No. Ty France obviously not on the shit list. Adam Frazier, sorry bud, I gotta throw you on the shit list. I don't know. This is a hard one for me. I mean, he's come up with some clutch hits, hit the ball right out, guys, but. I, I'm okay to go either way, Myron. I'm gonna, I think he, I, I'm going to put him on. or not, I think he should play second base every day. That's what I think. I, I agree. I, I agree. Hey, uh, Dylan Moore. <sighs> Shitless. Shitless, too. I, I like don't... to be sit, him hitting still. like He's like a guy I expect to hit about 230. More power, more run production. I know that he's clutching. He's won some games, but... 
he's also just a non-threat. I'm going to have to put him on the shit list. If he was our 25th guy on the roster, no shit list. But the way they're using him right now, got to be shit list. What do you think, Hannah? I was just pondering that. I was thinking about the DH, our buddy DH, the designated hitter. Um, But, yeah, he's a a guy that got put in positions that he shouldn't be put in, um, you know. And, uh, yeah, I guess he's on the shit list, yeah. uh, He shouldn't be, though. He should be coming in, defensive replacement. Pinch running, excellent base runner, and our team is terrible at base running. I had to say it. I haven't, I haven't forgot about it. I we're terrible at base running. We are. And yes, we could, we could get into that on another episode. <laughs> uh, obviously, Kevin Pab- Pablo that we brought up, just a non-factor. I'm sure he's on his way to the shit list pretty quick. But he's, <laughs> sorry. I know that sounds negative, but come on. Eugenio Suarez, shit, not, not on the shit list. Run yeah. Eugenio Suarez, no, he's been great. I've enjoyed him. I enjoy him more than I enjoy Kyle Seeger. So I'm not on, definitely not on my shit list. Here we go. No. Abraham Toro, shit list. We've definitely. Talked definitely. Julio, definitely not. Uh, Taylor Trammell, I can't put him on a shit list. I mean, he's he's hitting better, more consistently than he did last year. Uh, yeah, sometimes he has some weird defensive plays, but fundamentally he's pretty good. I, I don't feel like he's on a shit list. I think he's just that extra outfielder guy that's being put in the lineup too much because of a razor's thin lineup. I think he's on Scott's shit list because he gets pinch hit for all the time. I'm like, give, give him a chance to yeah, swing it. How, uh, ba- how bad can it be? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he hit a bomb and he hit a bomb and got pinch hit on the next to get bad. Yeah, he, yeah, and he, and he was facing a right-hander, so it wasn't like a righty-lefty thing, you know, that fans like to do. It's just a weird deal, but yeah, not shitless. No, Justin Upton and a uh, Jesse Winker. He's, he's, he's going. He's getting close to shitless. He's getting there. He's getting there. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I'm still an a on me. Hanson's <laughs> been. As much as I know, as much as I used to be just an anti-Justin Upton guy, I, I am really rooting for him. He got hit in the head and, and came back the next day and played in both games of that doubleheader. He's a tough dude. Um, yeah. And then uh, and then we have to end right here. Jesse Winker. Shit list. Yeah, Definitely. shit list. I think maybe he's the the top of the shit list. So I, I, don't know, I, I don't I don't know if it's better to be on the bottom or the top of the shit list, the bottom of the top of the pile, but you're there, Wink. But let's just hope all this changes. We got it out of our system. Right? We got it out of our system. We talked about this on our text thread. We were just gonna be critically negative and just but, get it out. But it's good, it's done, it's out there. Yeah, and everybody's opinion and my you know you could think of all these ways and go each way with them. Nothing was a bad idea or a bad thing or or a bad thought. It's just it's really complex right now, and hopefully they turn it around here. Yeah, and look, this is a fan podcast of the Mariners, and this is a lot of the stuff that I'm saying and I'm thinking doesn't just come from like my own thoughts. This comes from you know 
talking to people at whatever the games barbecues uh, online it's 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 there is a universal frustration but the one thing that we can't do yet i don't want to use the it's still early but we still have a hundred and what like 13 games left 110 20 games left there's still a lot of baseball to be played but we got to the lineup's got to be thicker, not so razor thin, if we are actually going to make any of those runs. Because, you know, Harold Run was going before the start of that doubleheader. Hey, the Mariners are only two games off their, their, where they were last year. But I just feel like we had more of a complete together team. Also, like they use the Braves, this example gets thrown around. They got they have a deeper lineup. That's why they could... You know, they had a Freddie Freeman on in their lineup. You know what I mean? It's that's, that's why I think their only hope is to tread water, try to get it going a little bit, play. You know, tread water and play a game up, two games up of five hundred over the next month, and then try to get healthy and see what happens. But um, but but that's you know that's becoming a pipe dream. But that, I think that's all all you can wish for. There's going to be no silver bullet or uh, white knight. <laughs> You know, coming in, it's it's you're gonna have to find it from from kind of inside, and a lot of that is running, you know, by by health, obviously. Well, let's just hope on uh, Thursday when we record after the uh, A uh, the A series here, we'll we'll have some uh, you know some good things to you know talk about and look forward to and hope to build off of. And, you know, if not, we can just make fun of their shitty stadium and make ourselves feel better. So we'll do that on Thursday. Uh, Hanno, you know what time it is. I was thinking about this. I think because baseball players are so superstitious and we've all played, we might have had our own superstitions. I say we hold off on it this week. It's super really serious. No charge until we... uh... All right, we're not charging. We're just going to... If you think that's a bad idea, I just want to change the juju of this team. Yeah, this is this is the Ride Red Mustard Podcast uh, equivalent of hitting Winker third. We're just changing things up. Okay, things we're up. not going to give you guys the charge. If you want to do the charge yourself, uh, go ahead. If you want to like, subscribe, share, help us out. This show is growing. Uh, we still need your help. You know, so we can keep making more of these things. Go ahead, like, subscribe, share. You can find this on any, uh, you know, podcast platform. If somebody goes, where the hell to find that? Where the hell can I find this? Find it anywhere. You can pretty much get a podcast for free. Uh, if you got this podcast off of a flyer that was on your car, it wasn't me, but I'm glad you got it. Um, anyways, we'll see you guys Friday morning. Hanno, don't do it. <laughs> this better fucking work. But if it works, then we're never going to hear it. Oh, well, I'll trade that in for, for some wins. All right, we're here. <laughs>